Well, once again, welcome. And it is it's good to be back. Lisa and I, we enjoyed our time in Minnesota, but it is indeed a little bit uh, warmer here, believe it or not. We're going to be picking up in the book of Matthew where we left off before our Christmas series. And we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. If you'd like to turn there in your Bibles, I'll be referencing it quite a bit. We'll put it up on the screens as well. But as I say most Sundays, it's, there's something powerful, I believe, about opening up God's Word together. Now just a reminder, we spent about 10 weeks talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And, and the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' kind of main uh, teaching. It's probably a collection of sermons that he taught that were kind of put together. This happened over days. And we talked about how in the Sermon on the Mount it ends with four warnings. And today we're going to be looking at our last warming, warning, and we're going to talk about a building on a firm foundation. Now on the evening of Sunday, May 22nd, 2011, forecasters were tracking a storm that was developing west of Joplin, Missouri. And as these storm forecasters were watching the storm, they began to be worried about the potential strength of this storm as it developed. And so they eventually issued a tornado warning for the Joplin area. What happened next was almost unbelievable. Due to a series of events, the storm turned into what experts have called really the perfect storm. And this storm turned into a tornado that reached almost a mile wide, which is unusual. It had sustained wind speeds of over 200 miles an hour, which is unusual. And the storm was on, the tornado was on the ground for a staggering 38 minutes, which is unusual. Tornadoes typically are on the ground for a matter of minutes. The Joplin tornado led to really what ended up being a national disaster because of the scope and the size of it. It left a wake of devastation, wreckage, chaos, and destruction. And some of you probably remember some of the pictures from the news. Maybe, I think this is out of batteries. Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> it is out of batteries. Uh, so some of you probably remember some of these. Some of you remember 2011, if you're, if you're old enough. It was just chaos, unbelievable damage. And as I reflected on these events and kind of looked back into the sermon, I found something very, very interesting. Though tragic, interesting is the damage path. Some of these buildings that were in the worst of the storm survived with little to no damage, while other buildings were completely destroyed. An example of this, if you want to go to the next slide, is the Home Depot. Right? And I love the Home Depot, but that's, there's nothing left. You can see from the picture, completely leveled. However, the hospital, which was very close to it, if you want to go to the next slide, standing. And you can see the chaos around it. Apparently, I'm not the only one that's found this interesting because a bunch of engineers studied this storm, they studied the damage path, they looked at buildings, and they were able to discern a few things about how buildings withstand 200-plus mile-an-hour winds. One of the most important things they found is that a building needs a good foundation, and actually all of the building needs to be tied in and rooted into that foundation for it to survive extended winds at over 200 miles an hour. 
Now, you may be saying, Pastor, why are you bringing up the Joplin tornado this morning? Well, we're going to see that Jesus is going to talk to us about something similar. His last warning, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to warn us to build our foundation in him, in Jesus, because he is a firm foundation. And he's going to warn us that storms will come, though they are not tornadoes, they are the storms of life. And if we do not have a foundation in Christ, our foundation will crumble because it will not be able to survive. So let's read the text. Um, I'm going to read it all out. If you want to go to the next slide, Jerry. Matthew 7, starting in verse 24 through 27, Jesus says this. He says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it has been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So Jesus is using here storm imagery. You see in verse 24, he says, Everything I've said in the Sermon on the Mount, you must take action. You must put into practice what I've said. He says this in verse 24. If you want to go to the next slide, we're going to zoom in on that. He says, therefore, and you all remember, if, I, if you read the word therefore in the Bible, what are you supposed to do? Ask, what is the therefore, therefore? He's pointing us back to everything he's saying. He's saying, so because of all I've said on this, in the Sermon on the Mount, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now we got to remember here, Jesus is speaking to probably a large crowd, and it's a crowd of people all over the map. There are people in this crowd who are devout Christ followers, the disciples, they're all about Jesus, they are with him, they believe in him, they trust him, they follow him. You have people within this crowd who are somewhere in between. They maybe like some of what Jesus says. They maybe dislike some of it. They're maybe kind of like, well, I don't really know about this guy. And you probably have in this crowd the Pharisees who want to kill Jesus because they don't like what he has to say. He is saying it is not good enough to simply come and listen to my words to hear what I have to say and do nothing. He's saying action must be taken. And I'm saying to you, it's not good enough to simply come and just listen to what I have to say from God's word and not put it into action. The action that Jesus tells us is to act wisely. And he defines that. What does he mean to act wisely? He says to act wisely is to take the words that he has said and build upon him the rock of Jesus, his teaching, I would say his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. By the way, Jesus does something a little bit sneaky here and he's very, very smart. He says, he's referencing the rock. And I think he's almost certainly referencing the fact that he is the cornerstone of our faith. He says, build your house on the rock. I am the rock. Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years earlier and said this, and we read part of it, but I want to, uh, if we can pull that image up of the Isaiah text, the next slide. 
I want to zoom in on this. Verse 16. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never, never be stricken with panic. Jesus is saying, I'm that. I am the precious cornerstone that you must build your faith and life on. Amen. Jesus up until now has been talking about what the wise person does that builds their life in him. The firm foundation of our faith, our life, our very being. But now he's going to flip it and then he's going to talk about the opposite side of that picture, which is the unwise or who he says the foolish. He warns us to heed his words, telling us not obeying, the result of not obeying his words. And he says this in verse 26. He says, the rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had a firm foundation in the rock. That is what Jesus wants us to do. Let's go to verse 26 here. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The wise person this morning, what I'm telling you, if you are going to be wise, you are going to build your life on Jesus through faith in Christ. The fool ignores the words of Jesus and doesn't build his life on his teaching, his life, death, and resurrection. He builds it on something else, anything else. I don't know what Jesus has in mind here. Maybe he has a different faith in mind. Maybe he's thinking about seeking the pleasures of this world as your foundation. Maybe he, he builds his life on money, prestige, social reputation, uh, you know, status, whatever that is. It doesn't matter. What Jesus is telling us is that if you build your life on something other than a firm foundation in Christ, it will lead to a disaster. It will lead to a disaster. He tells us the result in verse 27. It says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a crash. Jesus loves you and wants what's best for you. He knows the storms of life will come and everything you build will be destroyed if you are not rooted in him. The entirety of your life, which is, I think, represented by the house, will come crashing down in a horrendous crash, ultimately leaving you with nothing but your own despair and hopelessness. Just imagine with me, there's a beautiful mansion. This is the imagery Jesus is using. And, and they build it on the sand. There's no firm foundation it's by a river, you get a derecho, right? You get that eight inches of rain, the wind blows, and the, just washes away as the flood comes up. This is the imagery that Jesus is be, be, uh, referencing. However, Jesus says, if you build your life in him, any storm can come. Life can throw anything at you and your faith can survive because of your foundation in Jesus. A great example of this is Horatio Spafford. We, we know the, you guys know the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, right? We've sang it. Do you know his story? One. But listen to this. this is, hey, Horatio Spafford and his wife are a great example of building their life on the rock and surviving a storm. So Horatio Spafford was born in New York, 1828. But Chicago is really where he made his name for himself. He was a strong Christian with a strong Christian testimony. He and his wife, Anna, were very active in their church, and their home was, was really a place of missions. They counted the world-famous evangelist Dwight L. Moody among their friends, 
And they were blessed with five children and considerable wealth. Horatio was a lawyer. They owned a bunch of property. They're very well off. But not unlike Job in the New Testament of the Bible, tragedy came to great measure in this happy home. First, when their four-year-old son Horatio Jr. died suddenly of scarlet fever. Then a year later, in October 1871, a massive fire swept through and basically destroyed all of downtown Chicago, including all the properties Horatio owned. He lost everything, basically. Almost 300 people died and 100,000 were homeless. Yet they stayed in the city to assist and help those who had lost everything and were grief-stricken. Two years later, in 1873, Spafford decided his family should take a vacation, right? You've been through a lot of vacations, sounds like a good idea. So knowing D.L. Moody was going to be preaching there in autumn, Horatio sent his wife on ahead. He was delayed because of business and stayed behind. His remaining four daughters went with his wife. On the 22nd of November, 1873, while crossing the Atlantic on a steamship, their vessel was struck by an iron sailing ship. 226 people lost their lives as the ship sank in 12 minutes. All four of Horatio Spafford's daughters died. Remarkably, his wife Anna survived the tragedy and was rescued. They found her unconscious lying on a plank of wood in the ocean. And when she reached South Wales and when she arrived there, she sent a telegram back to Horatio that just says, saved alone. And now I try to put myself in his place. You get a telegram from your wife that just says, saved alone. So uh, he jumped on a ship immediately to go to be with his wife. And on the voyage, as they're traveling across sea, he gets called up to the bridge and the captain points at the charts and he says, this is the exact spot where the ship went down where your daughters died. It's said that Spafford returned to his cabin and wrote the hymn in his wall with my soul in that very moment. The first line, when peace like a river attendeth my soul. A voyage that I'm sure was, was filled with deep suffering. Horatio's faith never faltered in God. Anna's didn't. She wrote multiple times about, about God's faith in her life. They were both obviously devastated. Anna testified of her grief, saying that God gave her four daughters and he's taken them from me. Someday I will understand why. They went on to do years of many, many, many years of faithful ministry, Horatio and Anna, though they had lost everything. Horatio and Anna are an example to us of what it means when you build and you root your life in Jesus. You can root your life in Jesus. You can build your life on him through faith in him. You can lose everything, even your very life, and still gain. You can come out on the other side of the most dramatic tragedy I can imagine, and your faith is intact. And if you read any of their writing, it was firmer and stronger and more robust on the other side of that tragedy. How is that possible? Because their faith was rooted in Jesus Christ. What I want you to know this morning is this, if we can go to the next slide. I want us to get some practical takeaways of of what we can do. One is this, number one, storms are inevitable. They're inevitable. And we don't know when they will come and with what intensity they will bring, but they will come. For those of us that are Midwesterners, we know this. 
You can be in a beautiful summer day, clear blue skies, and you can see that thunderstorm pop up and come your way. I remember when I was, I was probably 10, 11 years old, I was fishing with my dad. Northern Minnesota, I love fishing with him. He liked to get up at 5 in the morning. I didn't like that part. But I was out there fishing with them. And it's a beautiful summer day. And we're fishing. It's about 10 a.m. It's hot. We're catching fish like crazy. And my dad says, hey, look over there. And I look to the west of us. And you see these storm clouds building. You can actually just like watch them grow vertically. And my dad says, boy, that doesn't look very good. And I'm 10 years old. I'm going, no, that, that doesn't look very good. He's saying, yeah, we should probably get off the lake, you know. So, so we do. We start packing everything up. We put the rods away. We put the tackle away. We pull up the electric motor. And we start booking it for the landing. And we're doing it. And we're just watching this thing come in going, okay, hope we're going to make it. And we get to the landing. And he pulls up kind of fast. And he hops out. And I'm holding the boat on the dock. And he's getting the truck. And boom, this thing just starts dumping rain. The wind is blowing. It's just crazy. It's lightning and thundering. Fortunately, we get it loaded up and, and we leave. But that's the thing about storms. Whether it is in life or it's the weather, you don't know when it's going to happen and it hits you when you least expect it. We are promised storms in this life. Which is why Jesus says we must root our foundation in him. So we can survive those storms. A foundation that can weather the storms. And Jesus, the cornerstone. He will never fail you. He will, fail you. He will never let you down. I promise you that. Number two is this. We're all building life. Every person here is building life and you're building it in a foundation. Whether you're the youngest a baby that's just a few months old or you're 90, you are building a life and you're building it on a foundation. Every person. We have something we build our lives around that's, that's the rock, the cornerstone, the foundation of it all. In this world, as I mentioned, there are many different things you can build your life on, both good things and bad things. You can root your life in trying to have as much money and power as possible and you can lose your job and that can all get taken away and you're left with nothing. You can root your life even in something good. Let's say family. And family is a gift from God that is to be enjoyed. But if your whole life revolves around family and you're like Horatio and Anna and you lose them, you're not left with anything. It's all gone. We do not know what life is going to bring. So we must build and root our life in Jesus as our foundation. And you that build your life in Jesus, he says you are truly wise, building your life in his teachings through faith in Christ. However, those of you that do not have faith in life in, in Jesus and are not building in him as the foundation, a foundation that can sustain you, and it, you cannot survive the storms of life. The rains will come, the winds will come up, and your foundation will crumble. Just as those buildings that I showed you earlier in the picture from Joplin, Missouri, they're leveled by the tornado. So I urge you this morning to consider choosing to build in Jesus than something else because only he is the bedrock that can sustain the storms of life that they will bring. Start by faith in Christ and then continue through Holy Spirit and be obedience in his teaching. Then your life will be built in something that cannot be shaken regardless of what is thrown at you. Let's go to the third uh, one here. 
which is this. We all have the opportunity to build on the foundation of Jesus, which I just talked about. Take that opportunity this morning to build in Christ. If you're building in something else, stop and start building in Jesus. Build in the firm footing of Christ. And lastly is this. We go to the fourth slide. For those of you that have faith in Jesus, it is prudent probably at times to check our foundation from time to time. Make sure it's still rooted in Christ. Make sure we're still building on him as our foundation. Those of you that have old houses, you probably have to inspect your foundation from time to time to make sure it's good and it's not leaking. I think it is the same with our faith. Sometimes we we need to pause as we're running through life at 100 miles an hour and we need to look and we need to say, is Jesus still the most important thing to me? Am I still living a life that's rooted in him? Or have I drifted? Am I living for something else? And you may need to make a course correction. It's good to examine where we've rooted our lives from time to time. Now as I wrap up this morning, I want to urge you, if you are not building in Jesus, do it. I encourage you through faith. And here is the thing about faith in Christ. There is not a single person in here who is too far from God's reach. There's not a single person in here who cannot start building in Jesus. Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and ascension is for all people by faith. All you simply do if you want to build your life in Jesus, the starting point, is coming to him by faith and saying, God, I want to build a life that is focused on you. I, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. You put your faith in Christ and it all starts from there. It all starts from there. And for those of you that have been a Christian for, for a short time or a long time, continue to build in Christ. Building a life in Jesus is truly a, a blessed life and a wise life. A wise life. I think about that storm that hit Joplin and, and those buildings. I think about Horatio Spafford and his wife. And my prayer is for each and every one of you is that you have what Horatio and Anna had through Christ. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you Father, for sending Jesus, your Son, into this world for us as sinners. God, to be made right with you, to have relationship with you, to be forgiven through you, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, God. But I also think that that you want more for us than just simply to have faith. You want us to live out your teachings, build a life based on your teaching and how truly blessed that is. God, I pray that each person here roots their life in you and then builds upon you as the cornerstone and foundation of our lives. God, I pray for each and every person here that that the storms of life do not assail them and come against them. God, but I pray that if they do, that being rooted in you, that they... Hold firm and fast to Jesus, the cornerstone of our faith, who never lets us down, who never fails us. We thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.